God is doing some amazing things. When you look around the world in the, in the middle of everything else that you hear that's going wrong, uh, I heard the latest reports, and I checked a few different places, that uh, in, in Iran, that there now potentially are over one million believers. And that's from the Muslim uh, religion, not just people over there, but one million, and they seem to be growing, and Afghanistan is just people are getting saved, and it's just really, it's like, it's like, it's like a revival is happening. It's like, a, it's like the devil tries to cloud our eyes and his eyes is being clouded because they're getting saved left and right. It's an amazing thing around the world, what's really happening that we don't hear uh, on our normal news. And so uh, things amazing are happening. Um, there's uh, different, uh, I, I didn't, uh, guess I didn't know this, but at the same time that things are happening all around the world, we're also seeing right here in America, there seems to be uh, a desire to, uh, to push Christianity out. Has anybody felt that around you? You know, it just seems like it's getting just louder and louder and louder. There's this progressive thing. It's not hidden anymore. You know, you saw in the middle, I, I kind of thought, this is crazy. We're, we're having a, a riot over racial issues, and now they're burning the Bible. And they're burning the American flag. I'm thinking, huh, that's interesting. Uh, what's going on here? And, uh, you know, the enemy loves to uh, bring destruction. But I want to just read this, uh, this to you. Um, uh, it's, it was written January 2020. Uh, it says, Senate candidate and former Attorney General Jeff Sessions issued a response to what he called the latest attack from Ron Reagan, which uh, was Ronald Reagan's son. If you remember, he went, uh, he went uh, AWOL about the United States and, and about Christianity. He went AWOL and became what he calls himself a self-professed atheist. And he started an organization that is against Christianity. And, and it's, an, or it's an atheist, and this is his, his proclamation, his own thing. But he says, he, when he called the latest attack from Ron Reagan's National Atheist Group, Freedom From Religion Foundation. Well, what would motivate you to want to do that? I mean, honestly, do you, do you realize that because of our Christian heritage as a nation, that we feed and help more nations than any other nation in the entire world? Yeah. By far. You know, and we feed the poor more than anyone else by far. And, and so when you think of why would you want to attack that, it just gets, it's, it shows you that there's, you know, demonic influence. And he goes on to say this, Christians and people of faith are under attack in America, Sessions says. Ron Reagan's atheist group is spending millions of dollars attacking Christians in the name of religious liberty. I can promise you that we will not be intimidated by some leftist from Hollywood. My message to the people of faith is this. I have your back. <laughs> I have spent my whole life fighting to make sure that Christians and people of all faith can boldly live out their faith. Uh, that is what religious liberty means. Now, I thought, well, I just didn't know that this guy was on that track. But he's there to do that. And then, of course, there's a, uh, there was an article a couple years ago in Time magazine. Regular Christians, this is the, the title of it, regular Christians are no longer welcome in America. 
<laughs> wow. It, it, just, it, it just surprises me. It amazes me sometimes. But I think what we're seeing is in the world, uh, and, and I don't, I'm not going to try to compare this, but I've been thinking lately about the plagues, the ten plagues, and they just kept coming and coming and coming until what? They set God's people free. As well as saw people delivered under salvation. And I think, wow, we've been just going under one thing after the next thing. And when one thing doesn't work, he tries something else. And when that doesn't work, he tries something else. And we're seeing all these disasters take place. And, 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 and it's, it's very overwhelming. But it is capturing the attention, I think, of everyone. And not only in America, but thank God it's, a, it's around the world. It's global what's happening. So the result of what's happening global will also be global. In other words, as God raises up his church, which I think he is doing without a doubt, and that's what I want to talk about today. As he raises up his church, uh, the, the effect and the impact of it is going to be global. There's going to be one of the most amazing revivals that we, any generation has ever witnessed. And I, and I think it's totally exciting. And, uh, you know, maybe Iran's uh, getting a head start on it, you know. They're recognizing that uh, uh, what they've been involved in or taught and trained was more terrorist than it was religion. And, and, and they're coming away from that. They're running from that. And so as we look at the word this morning, I want to really challenge all of us to lean in and just have ears to hear. As, as one preacher said once many years ago, I'd rather have you hear one thing from God than everything else I would say. And so I want you to lean in and have that type of an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit uh, would say to you. Uh, we, want the, uh, we want to be the church that the world really needs today. That's what we want to be. And we're a part of that. And we want to make sure that we continue to be a part of that. And that means instead of us, you know, hoarding and looking out for ourselves, it's literally time for the church to become more generous and more caring. And as the, as, the, as the climate has tried to shut people down and separate people and mask everybody so that they can't talk to each other, or uh, you, you're afraid to talk, you don't know if somebody wants to talk to you or not, you, you, know, you go to the stores and so forth, and it's just like you're almost there by yourself now. And, and so you walk around, you're like, wow, should I say something to that person or should I not say something? Are they smiling behind their mask or are they frowning behind that mask? And it's just an awkward, weird situation. And I think that God wants to uh, not only heal, uh, heal the world of this uh, uh, virus, but he also wants to set his people free. He doesn't want you to be into bondage. He doesn't want you to be into fear. And, and he wants to deal with these things. Now, I believe, is the time for the church to arise and to be seen and to be heard. Amen. And when I say that, I just want to be very clear. I thought, well, do I need to say this next sentence or not? You know, maybe, maybe I really shouldn't or I don't need to. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to arise and, and, and start riots. I'm not going to become riotous as a believer, but I'm really going to become more Christ-like. I'm going to become like Jesus Christ. How, how, would he, how did he walk through the land when he was on earth? And when things got tumultuous around him and the end was coming for his particular piece of the puzzle, 
when it, when it was coming to that point, what did he do? He still walked around and he still loved people, didn't he? Remember, even his own disciple kind of made a mistake when they were, uh, army was coming to take him and, he, and, and Peter just didn't quite believe Jesus yet that he was all powerful. And, 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 and he just didn't believe him yet and so he pulls his sword out and he cuts the guy's ear off. Well, that's not what Jesus wants you and I to do. But he wants us to really learn how to truly love people so that we might be radical in our love approach to them. And, and, and I think that that's what he's after and that's what he's looking for. So let's just pray this morning. And I'd just like for you to just, as I pray, just ask the Holy Spirit to, uh, you know, what the Bible says, give me ears to hear what the Spirit is saying this morning. So Father, this morning, thank you for the freedom to worship you. <laughs> thank you, God. God, just your refreshing comes. And Lord, thank you that uh, Lord, we can proclaim Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior, as the King of Kings. Uh, and, and we can shout it out, God, and we'll continue to shout it out. And Lord, I thank you for that. And I pray that we would have ears to hear what you want to speak to each one of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The, uh, it, it's the, 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 the title of this message is Arise. It's Arise. And I want to take the, the word arise and I, I just want to give it to you in such an order that maybe you can remember a few points out of this and maybe you can grab a hold of a few things and, and use an acronym to maybe spell out what arise really means because if you look at the word arise in the scriptures you'll find that it's mentioned about 150 times and, and oftentimes it's mentioned to the believers where God's calling Abraham, Abraham, arise, come on. You built a tent, you planned on staying here and you're happy here, but that's not what I called you to do. Remember I told you, Abraham, wherever your feet would go, you could have it. But no, he somehow, we find this time where we just like to find a good place and settle in and be comfortable and be happy and we stay there. And, there's, and so over and over, God's calling his people to arise. And that's what I believe he's calling us to this morning. And I want to try to help lead you yeah, just how to step into your calling, how to step into your arise moment yeah. so that God can really use you and you won't end up. And I, I just think for the, everyone that I know closely here, the last thing you want to do is just to cross the finish line in last place. And probably everybody here would say, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to be in last place. That's terrible. I don't want to get into heaven and, and find out that uh, this was all true. And I didn't stop to believe it while I was here. And because I didn't stop to believe it, I never experienced the power that's in the word. I never really let it be tested inside of me. I never really allowed myself to cross the line and go after it and really allow the Holy Spirit to step into this relationship that Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and I for. He went to the cross so you could have this open personal relationship with your father. And, 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 and so often I see believers that totally are missing that. It's, well, well you know, it's, if, as long as I can get to church on Sundays, as long as I can, you know, sing a couple songs, as long as I can just do that every week, then I'm happy and I'm living pretty good. I'm not, you know, I'm not as dishonest as the people I work with, so that's good, you know. 
uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? We're just kind of living through this thing, and, and God has so much more for you. And, and uh, while many, right now today, while many are looking to survive, we are called to arise. Amen. We're called to arise for what Jesus Christ had in mind. And I don't know about you, I know it's a little bit extra work, but I'd rather be smack dab in the middle of what God's doing than sitting home on my duff doing nothing and just trying to survive. And so God's calling his people to arise. And let me just say this here, as with Esther, as with Esther, you were made for such a time as this. Do you realize that? I mean, we don't think about this sometimes, but you were custom woven in your mother's womb for 2020. And for everything that was going to happen and everything that he was going to need to get done, you were made for this moment. And I think, wow, how unique is that? That is totally amazing. So that means you're fail-proof if you step into it with him. So let's just go through and just look at a few things here. And um, I, I guess in, the, in, in light of what I'm going to say, I need you to make sure that you don't, oh, I've heard that, or oh, so, that's for so-and-so, or something else like that. But if you would just lean in and open up this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit will bring some revelation that will transform where you're at. The, the A in arise, the A in arise means activate your day with God through praise, worship, honor, and waiting. Activate your day. You know what I have found? It is so easy to get up and get started in the morning. You know, I need to have my coffee. How many are good coffee drinkers in the morning? That's kind of, you know, it's seek first the cup of coffee sometimes. I hate to say it. But it's just like, uh, how do you do that you know, simultaneously? I'm learning. But it's just, it's, it's how do you activate your day? Oftentimes, if we... Uh, if we're not careful, we'll just get up just enough time, just enough time to get to work or wherever we're going to go, and we'll race in and get ourselves presentable, and we'll race off, and we'll end up spending the whole day, and at the end of the day, maybe because we had a desire to pray and seek the Lord, but at the end of the day, we'll have, oh, man, it went again. Let me see if I can sneak it in in the evening, and you, and you get in your bed to do it, and <laughs> off you go. And, and, and you hope for a dream from God because you blew it. But it, it, I find that I have to get up every day, and I believe we all need to get up every day and activate it for God. Amen. We have to literally maybe put it on your appointment book. Maybe you have to do something to, to remind yourself, man, I need to do this. And, and, and I know certain circumstances don't allow this, but I, I from my experience... Maybe it is because I am a morning person. From my experience, if I can do this first before I get rolling, my head's the clearest. Yeah. Yeah. If I go through my whole day, how many know you have enough bad days and seven days to make it really challenging that night to get into God? Yeah. If you're getting into God, you're probably repenting for what you probably shouldn't have done <laughs> that day. And, and, and so it's time that I, that I begin to activate it. And I put it this way, through praise, worship, honor and waiting. James 5.16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's also effective. Amen. So that means what you pray can make a difference. You can make a difference, but are you praying? 
<coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Are you praying? How is your prayer life? And I, <coughs> I know a lot of us, you know, maybe just sit back and say, you know, I don't know. You know, I guess it's not what I really want it to be. And, and, and most people that I talk to say, I wish I prayed more. I wish I spent more time with the Lord. But yet they, they, they say that year after year after year after year. We can't afford to do that anymore, church. You must learn how to step into a, uh, activating your day with God first. Allowing him to step into your heart and your mind and your spirit and begin to feed it and fill it so that your day will go the way it should go. And so that you will be effective that day for a num in a number of reasons. And I'm not just talking about uh, natural things, but <clears throat> spiritually doing things. Yeah. And, and, and praying and spending the time with the Lord. And I want to talk to you about this just briefly uh, to maybe give you some thoughts. This is what I do and try to do on a regular basis to get this time and this place with my God to be a real bona fide time of meeting him. We've been saying lately that you, you should feel his presence in your life in worship times and in prayer times at home. You should feel God's presence everywhere that God's presence appears throughout the scripture. Something amazing is happening. <laughs> Ground is shaking or, you know, fire is burning and, you know, something's going on. Earth is quaking in the presence of the in the presence of, of God. It says your heart will melt like wax. And so when I get into the presence of God, am I feeling his presence having an impact on my life? And if I'm not, I could be living uh, my, my life up here and not in here. I could be way up here all the time. It's just become a mind thing to me. Oh, I believe it and, and so forth. But there, there's so much more for us to have. And, and so I want to just kind of maybe give you a, three practical tips that, that I find useful for myself. And you can modify them or use them or throw them out, one of the three. Number one, I need to make it a part of my daily routine. In other words, it's as important to me. I might trade breakfast for prayer if I don't have time for both. I know, hitting home. Now we can really go deep. I might trade coffee no, for prayer. <laughs> See, I, I need to be a person that says, you know, this is not just a duty for me. This is a love for me. I love my heavenly father. And how many know when you love somebody, you want to meet with them? Would that be true? Yeah. So, 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 so I have to make sure my love hasn't grown cold through the course of the journey. Or maybe I've just never experienced him. But he wants to meet with you when you pray. You have to make a commitment to that. If I set my goal to pray and I begin to process it and I begin to do it and I begin to make sure that it's a highest priority to me, can I just say this year, and this is uh, what I do, is I have a certain place. I have a chair downstairs that I go to, a room and a chair downstairs that I go to, the same place every day. And it's just kind of been amazing to watch because I've seen this over the years as it changes or maybe locations or whatever, that if you're faithful to it, God's always there. He just kind of shows up because I made my commitment to him. 
and to meet with him. And so I suggest you just make that commitment, maybe a daily routine, not just every once a week or, or, or you know, skate in through church and hope you got enough at church, because you don't, you won't. You can't get enough here. It'd be nice if you could, but you wouldn't. You can't. And, and so you find this place and make a daily commitment. The second thing is to write out your prayers or journal. Write out your prayers or journal. And so I will have a notebook and a paper, and, uh, and I just, you know, Lord, Holy Spirit, I worship you and I adore you. I'll put on maybe some worship music. You can get some great worship music from Bethel, from Jesus Culture. You can get some great worship music from uh, Elevation Church. They've got some amazing stuff out to help set your heart and spirit and mind because that's what music is for, is to draw your spirit in. That's, it's very clear in the Psalms that that's what it's for. It helps your spirit connect. And so you get this journal and this paper out and you spend a couple minutes just worshiping the Lord and acknowledging Him and, and loving Him. And then you, 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 you begin to let him help you focus on what he wants you to pray for. What does he want you to pray for? Sometimes I'll start with a list of maybe my family. I'll start praying through them and I'll mention their name. I'll say their name. I'll write their name down. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will give me a little direction on how to pray for them that day. And so I write that down. And it's just something that begins to launch me further as I take these steps. You see, the book of Psalms, as you read the book of Psalms, do you know what that really is? Most of that is, is David or the psalmist that wrote it writing out their prayer life. Now you read that and you think, wow, why did he write all that out? It's one of the biggest books in the Bible. Because he was revealing to you, and you know, I, I think it demonstrates the importance of learning how to write these things out and begin to journal what you're saying and, and even sometimes write out the prayer things that you're praying for for a person. It's amazing how we can pray for something today and, and six months later it comes to pass and we totally forgot that we, we prayed for that because the Spirit led me to pray for that. And, and, and we totally miss it. And we, we miss the joy of experiencing that uh, because of it. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 says this here. He says, write the vision so that they can run who read it. So you sit down and you begin to write out, God, what do you want me to do? And maybe he starts speaking to you and you just start writing it out. And maybe it'll seem silly at first. Maybe it seemed a little bit big at first. But you write it out. And you'll begin to see as you read that, that it begins to stir something inside of your spirit person that has never been stirred before. And I find that journaling and just writing down my thoughts uh, that I'm, that's, that's going through my head does something in my spiritual person that awakens it. And sometimes I'll just go back and I'll read what I wrote the day before, and sometimes he'll just expound on that further. Has anybody experienced that? You know, you're praying for the same thing, but man, he just expounds it a little bit further. And now all of a sudden you're, you're moving into this whole area of prayer that you weren't even thinking about. And he expands it further, and he's completing it, and he's working with us on this thing. And, and, and it just kind of begins to, 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 to grow especially if you begin to declare what God wants for that person or for your situation. God, I declare this to be so. How, how, how many know uh, that the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against you? That's what it says. 
So when you are experiencing things and it's like, wow, man, this is just weird. Why am I not breaking through this thing? Why don't you begin to declare that word? The gates of hell shall not prevail over the church. You're the church. And let him begin to show you how he wants to uh, weave himself into your everyday life more than you would have ever expected. See, if we're tangled up with the things of this world, if we're all tangled up with those, do you know how much you're going to really be a light and a witness to anybody? You're not. You're going to be so consumed with my provision and my job and my everything. And he's saying, no, no, no. Matthew 6, uh, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all of these things will be added to you. And if you read the before, so you'll know what all these things are. He says, food, clothing, rain, everything you need. I'll take care of that if you'll put me first. Yeah. And we got to begin to believe that. And how do we know if we really believe something? We do it. Yeah. The third thing, create some visual reminders. Create some visual reminders. You have a phone that... Uh, you can change the, the screen on and put whatever you want on it. Suppose God gives you a direction to pray. Why don't you just make that your screen background? I do that on my computer all the time. I, right now I have this, this message on it so that I could think about it and I could, I could uh, meditate on it and I could listen to the Lord and what he's wanting to say about it. So maybe he puts a prayer thing on your heart. You just begin to put it there. I have uh, scriptures on my bathroom mirror, so every time I go there, I can read those. I, I think we just need to give ourselves some visuals so that we don't forget. Because how many have not prayed for things because you've just forgotten? Anybody here? Come on now. I know some of you are not telling the truth in church. You, you forget about it, right? Somebody says, hey, will you pray for me? Yes, I'll pray for you. You walk away and you do nothing. Uh, Tyler asked me the other day, he said, why do you have WhatsApp on your bottom main screen on your phone? I said, well, to be, and I'm just trying to be open with you here, because this is what the things I need to do. Maybe it's just me. I said, I have that on there because Peter, who's part of this church, is in Turkey right now. And he's been a, in a place of really trying to seek the will of God. And he's been there for like 10 days. He comes back, I think, tomorrow. But every day, I can not only connect with him, but I can pray for him. Why? Because prayer works, right? We, believe, we all believe that prayer works. And so it gives you this opportunity, but, but maybe you just need to create some, some visuals for yourself so that you can really pray, as Paul said, without ceasing. Amen. He wouldn't have thrown that in there just to frustrate us. The R. A-R, arise, resist and renounce the devil and all of his thoughts. Amen. Resist and renounce the devil and all of your thoughts. Uh, Brian went over this with us a couple weeks ago. A few weeks ago, he used James 4, 7, where it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do, do you know something? A lot, enough believers don't believe in the spiritual realm. They don't believe in demons. They don't believe in hell. They don't believe in all these things. Why would the apostle, or why would James, the apostle James, tell us to resist the devil if we should, if we didn't need to? See, there's an active force of principalities and powers that will rule over your life and control you, even as you don't even realize it, because you'll just blame it on natural pressure. 
you'll just blame it on natural anxiety, but he'll rule over you if you don't learn how to resist him. And so the R stands for resist, and I think you just need to renounce it sometimes. Remember Jesus, when he went into the uh, wilderness, he was led into the wilderness. What did he have to do? He had to resist the devil. How many times? Three. And then it says after he did that, the devil left for a while. I just said for a while, but he left for a while. So why, why would we not have to resist also? And I think what we call natural, I think what we call natural is more spiritual than what we realize. And we're more controlled than what we think. If we're not seeking God, if we're not filled with the Spirit, if we're not filled with the purpose of God, you're more controlled by the principalities and powers over the airwaves than what you even realize. It's amazing how that happens. And we just get, we get so wrapped up into this thing, and God says, no, I need you to resist the devil so he will flee, <clears throat> so you can have clarity of thinking. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us this is how the devil actually works. Do not give place or opportunity to the devil. <laughs> Don't give him territory is what that means. It's literally a territorial type word. Don't give him opportunity over parts of your life, whether it's your finances, whether it's your sexuality, whether it's your uh, work, whatever it is. He tries to creep in and get into a crevice of your life and take territory. Amen. And it's kind of what we're seeing the enemy trying to do to our nation right now. Amen. He's trying to creep in and take territory and see how much he can get away with. You, now, you think it's natural, but it is nothing natural about it. The only person behind the destruction that's happening around us is the devil Amen. and all of his minions. Amen. He's the one that came to steal, kill, and destroy. You don't change things by doing those things. You make them worse. But he says, don't give him an opportunity. So maybe you're giving him a little bit too much opportunity. So what do I do to resist the devil? What do I, do to, what do I need to do to resist? Number one, recognize the principalities and powers are plotting against you. So see, there's no, there's no passiveness in the, in, the, in the work of the enemy. Scripture is very clear here. It says, hey, the wicked, Psalms 37, 12, the wicked plots against the just. How many here? I want you to be honest this time, okay? <laughs> how, how many here would say that you are the just? Would you raise your hand? Just means you're saved, you're born again, you've received Jesus Christ because he's the only one that makes anybody just. Amen. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. That makes you just this is our righteousness is in Christ. Amen. That's what it's all about. And this is listen to what he's saying. The wicked is plotting against the just, and he gnashes his teeth with him. The second thing is that we the reason that we need to resist is because we have an accuser. The Bible says that he was in heaven accusing everyone until God got sick of listening to him, and it says he cast him down to the earth, and now he's down here accusing everyone. Trying to create division, trying to create hatred, trying to create uh, false scenarios that lead people astray. We have an accuser. We must resist him. The third thing is that Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. That's John 10.10. 10. Jesus made it, made it very clear. He came to do that, but I came to give you life abundant. Amen. So you have this, you know, this two-sided thing going on here that you have to recognize or you might just not resist 
You might just give in to what the enemy's doing. And I might just say this, that this, the, the resisting the devil will go hand in hand with submitting to God. As you give yourself to do his will and his bidding, you're resisting him. I invite his presence, his leading, and his fullness. And I would suggest that you do this each morning, each day. The Bible says that he... You are, uh, you, but you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. So he wants to come, and we've been talking about this over the last months and so forth. God, by his Holy Spirit, wants to fill you up. He made you righteous through Jesus Christ. He then poured out his spirit, and he said to you, hey, I want you to be filled continually with my Holy Spirit. And, and, and most people miss the, the third aspect of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. We just kind of, that's, oh yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we just forget about him. But no, he wants you to be filled with him. He wants you to invite his presence in. He wants you to invite his leading in. He wants you to invite his infilling in your life each morning. And maybe you don't fully understand what the Holy Spirit's all about yet. But can I just challenge you? If you will ask him every morning to fill you, you will soon know. You'll soon know exactly what it is. And, and, and when they went in the upper room, that's what he told them to do. I want you to wait there, and I want you to invite my presence in. And, and we know that uh, the scripture talks about the fact that uh, we can quench the spirit. So in other words, you can resist and quench the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, can just by, you can ignore them. And, and listen to this in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, or chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. This is amazing. And it came to pass, as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking God. See, worship wasn't just a New Testament thing. This is throughout the Bible. God loves worship. Matter of fact, Satan, Satan, remember him? He was the lead worship leader in heaven until he rebelled. God loves worship. Satan hates worship because the church took his position. <laughs> I like that idea. It makes me worship harder on Sunday mornings. I want to make sure he hears me. <laughs> Just All right. Praising and thanking God. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. And then the house was what? Filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord. See, that's what he wants to do when we gather together. Verse 14, so the priest could not stand to minister by reason of this cloud, for the glory of the Lord has filled the house. He's bringing his church back and he's positioning us as his house to experience the fullness that we've seen throughout history of his presence coming into a group of people or a person. In the Old Testament, it says of Samson and many others that they were fit, the Spirit of God came upon them and they did the miraculous thing that needed to be done. More than ever, we need the miraculous thing that needs to be done today. We're not going to resolve what we're going through right now naturally. There's not going to be the right president. There's not going to be the right uh, group of leaders that are going to do what needs to be done at this point. If you haven't realized that, then that's breaking news for you this morning. <laughs> It's already really bad, and it ain't getting better. Where it's not over yet. But yet the church is arising, and we have nothing to fear. Can you say amen to that? 
The next thing is to, to ask, ask in the word uh, arise is a sacrifice, sacrifice. And uh, sacrifices have uh, been since the very beginning of time. Even Remember that even got problems with Adam, uh, Eve, and their kids, you know, that sacrifice thing. But God's always required a sacrifice. And, and, and I wonder, you know, sometimes in, in your life, you know, maybe just getting up and giving God 15 minutes every day, uh, it's sad, but maybe that will be your sacrifice for starters. But it is kind of almost sad to say, oh, it's just so hard, and I really, you know, I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we're talking about the living God, and I'm having trouble giving him 15 minutes a day. That, you guys should be standing up and shouting by now. <laughs> I, I end on a good note, I promise. But isn't that the truth? That it, isn't that, I don't know, to me it's embarrassing to myself to have to think that. Oh, it's a sacrifice. I'll do it. I'll get up. I'll, you know. No, no, no. I'll, I'll sacrifice and come to church. You know what I mean? But our mentality and our culture is so much that way right now that we literally think, yeah, I've sacrificed. I went to church today. Okay, no amens. I'll move on. All right, the E. Okay, the E. <laughs> Arise. But I, I do want you to think about sacrifice. Let me just read this verse real quick just to help motivate you with sacrifice. Uh, sacrificing as you sacrifice sacrifice give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaking together and running over it will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you i've learned a long time ago that there's nothing that i will ever give god that he doesn't really honestly replace and i'm not talking about doing it for the replacement but I'm just saying, if I learn to be obedient, if he says, hey, do this or give that or that, if I do that, it's just amazing how this verse comes to life. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage and I want to challenge you as you begin to hear the Lord, he will call you up to sacrifice. But as you take those steps to do it, he'll always meet you there. Yeah. He'll always meet you there. I promise you that. Letter E, engage, engage. This is just a sobering question that I want to wrap up with this morning. Engage. How engaged are you? That's only something you can ask yourself right now. How engaged are you? There's three things that seem to be mentioned in the scriptures for us that talks about our engagement. And, and it's these three, three things here. Our time, our treasure, or money, and our talents. In other words, he shaped you in your mother's womb. He made you a certain way so that you could spend your life doing his will, find the fullness of joy in that, and make a difference with your life. And not end up getting to heaven and, man, I was just too busy to stop and think about it. I was too busy to really hear... And all I've done this morning was I've just opened up the scriptures to you and to myself. I've just been going through this myself all uh, last couple weeks that I've been thinking about this whole message. I've been like, wow, you know, I found places where I became lax <laughs> and just did things because I knew I was supposed to. And the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me. But listen to this verse, this last verse here this morning. Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. I believe this is the day that every one of us are living in. For if you remain silent at this time, 
liberation and rescue will arise from the Jews, for the Jews, for another place. Today we could say liberation for the unsaved will arise from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. In other words, you'll get consumed with everything that's happening. You'll get beat up by it. Since you did not help when you had a chance. And who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this and for this very purpose. Would you just bow your heads for a moment, please? You're here for such a time as this. Our world has never experienced so much pain and so much lack and so much sorrow as we're sitting in the middle of today uh, as, as this generation. And he's calling his church to arise because there's no one else he can call. There's no one else he can call. Who else will he call? Because he's not just trying to feed people with natural food. He's trying to give them eternal life. And every time that we see pressure like this going on around the world, we also see a great revival follow it. And we're ready to make the net for that. I want to be a part of that. I don't want my life to go to waste. And so I just want to challenge you this morning with your heads bowed and hopefully your heart meditating on the Lord. How are you engaged? With your time, the Bible says time is important. You know, how do you spend your time? Do you, are you spending some with prayer? Are you spending some building up relationships with people and helping people, loving people, serving people? And what about your talent? However God made you, whatever you do well, if you will learn to use that for his purpose, I don't care what it is, we have somehow tried to think or limit uh, our talents to just something spiritual like prophesying or praying or whatever. But it really isn't at all. He made you with certain gifts and ability, hopes that you'd use that to bring glory to his name wherever you're at and to love and to serve people with. And treasure, treasure, treasure. He's the one that says where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be found. And I've heard tell that as you put your treasure, your heart follows. So how's your treasure looking? Is it all your money? Are we just trying to uh, uh, survive or are we wanting to arise? And I, I'm just going to pray for all of us, and myself included right now, that, that something that was said today would penetrate your heart. You'd go back and you'd ask God about it right away. Don't let the enemy steal it. And I guarantee he's going to talk to you. He's going to talk to you. It's such a time as this. You are needed more than ever before, every one of you. So, Father, this morning, I believe you're a great father. You're wanting to draw all of your sons and daughters and everyone first into a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. 
Okay, you said, for God so loved the world. You're after our eternity, our eternal lives first, that we might spend eternity with you. Whoever believes in you, confesses you with their mouth, would be saved. If you haven't done that yet, you need to do that. We'd be glad to help you in any way we can as a church. Father, I pray for, uh, Lord, every person here that you'd plant some deep seeds in our heart. You'd change us in this time. Help us get refocused off of all the news around us and all the airwaves and everything else and focus on your Holy Spirit and hear from you. And Lord, we just love you and we want to just submit to you like never before and walk with you even as you did with Adam and Eve in the garden. You said you walked with them and you positioned us for that to happen. And I'm praying that today that would come to new levels in each one of our lives because you're a good, loving, awesome Father who loves us. And we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said...